Yo, 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 yo. yo what, up? What, up? What, up? what up? What up? What up? What up? What up? I'm Kurt. I'm Marcus. And welcome to a new episode of You Watching or Nah. Uh, this is episode 22. Because the last one's a two-parter, but I only counted as one episode. So this is episode 22. for all my Spanish mommies. Como se llama? It's been a key. Dame beso, mami. Mamita. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, for this episode, we are going to switch it up and do something a little different for you guys. We have hinted, well, not really hinted, just completely said it in the, in the past couple of weeks, the past couple, few episodes that we had some issues and we've been uh, experiencing different things in our personal journeys and we've really leaned on each other a lot. And we thought it might be cool to just have a, 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 a heart to heart. And let you guys in on some of these things and some of our thoughts and opinions on certain situations and 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 um have a fireside chat, just the two of us. No no subject matter really. Yeah, it's gonna be a real like break from format and it's like uh I mentioned I had mentioned to you that I had I had I had talked to other people, like other people that listen to the podcast about the possibility of us doing this and like in one case in one case, I was told that like their this listener's favorite part is like the beginning when me and you catch up, mm-hmm. and then I was like, we were talking about doing like just a fireside chat where the whole thing is just like it's essentially like me and you having a fucking conversation, but you know, just like letting dropping some dropping some jewels on on everybody else that listens because it's like you know somebody might be able to take something away, but like she was like that that will be a good one, so. I'm excited to do it, man. It, but it, like I mentioned before we started, it's, it's interesting not sitting down with the notes and yeah. like having a flow. But you know what I'm saying? Like we 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 some we some we some hip hop niggas, man. We made to go off the dome. You know what I'm saying? Coming straight off the dome, getting in the zone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey yo, hey yo, check my ad lib, uh. <laughs> but no, nah, and essentially, like what you guys are about to hear is essentially just an everyday conversation that we have. We we pretty much speak daily, right? Yeah. Even if it's not on the phone, we'll text. Even if it's just a short text conversation, we we talk every day. But our phone con- we'll talk on the phone three, four times a week, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of remarkable looking at both of our schedules. <laughs> but um, but no, nah, we'll talk, and, and this is pretty much what you'll get. And and this shit could go. You guys listen to the podcast is very similar to that. It can go from the advent of powdered wigs to diversity and inclusion from police brutality to do you fart at the beginning or the end of your morning piss mm. it could go it could go mm. anywhere so this could be entertaining i will warn you guys right now i don't want to spoil too much for you marcus but i just the way i've been feeling lately i'm i feel like there's going to be a lot of black shit in here okay and so if okay. you are turned off by that, you might want to go ahead and jump out now. But <laughs> I feel like it's probably going to be a lot of me talking about the black experience on this episode. Cool, man. Um, so with that being said, man, let me just let me let me light the bonfire. And uh, <laughs> and let's get it cracking. Um, well, let's still do our normal, you know. Well, no, that's where I was. That's where I was gonna yeah. go, man. No, I wanna, okay. I wanna ask you first, man. How you been? Like since you know, since we recorded Batman, we've been in touch. But how you, how you been personally? I've been good, man. I had a few, uh, a few small hiccups that popped up on me, but you know, I called you and talked to you about them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and 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 I just really I've been good though, man. Like you know, shit's been a little crazy, a little wild, but I've been doing a really good job of of of, of reflecting on everything that's going on and mm. and just sitting down with it and, and thinking on it and not being not really feeling bad about the way I feel. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. if it offends somebody and shit. Or if you don't like what I'm saying, you know, I don't, I've been doing really well about that. So, um, but other than that, man, shit's been doing pretty good, man. I've been doing all right. Everything's been good. Um, everything's been good, man. I don't really have many complaints. Like everything's been cool. I ain't really got no crazy stories. I fell yesterday. Yeah, man. You mentioned that. I didn't want to In my house. Yeah. It was some weird shit, man. It's been fucking with me. Like I, I was, I felt like I need a life alert bracelet. This is. Real I was gonna. Shit, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> well, it's like you say that, but like I, I'm about to mail you a life alert bracelet because, like, you know, you my man, fifty grand. That shit. When you told me about it today, I was like, oh man, I'm concerned about this nigga because, like, the, the last time I remember falling and don't remember how I fell, it was like I knew that I was, I knew that something was up because, like, I got. I had the white out. Mm-hmm. I had the white out. So like I forgot to go pick my son up from school. He was in like first grade, second grade. I forgot to go pick him. I didn't forget to go pick him up, but like I got off work, I went home and I like fell asleep. I just nodded off. And then like I wake up to like doom 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 at the front door. And then I as I wake up, I look over at the clock and I'm like, shit, I forgot to go pick my son up. So I run over to the front door, I open the front door, and it's like one of my son's parents and they're at the front door and they got Damien like they brought him home and I'm like standing there I'm like oh thanks so much I just got off work and I I just can't, I was waiting to go pick him up and I passed I fell asleep and then like as I'm standing there I could see the white everything's snowing out and then the next thing I wake up like I'm getting up off the floor that's wild and the the lady who dropped him off was like are you okay you like really hit your head really hard when you fell and I'm like no no I'm good I just just tired, just tired. And I come to find out later, like she had had a conversation offline with my ex-wife that like she thought I had like a drinking problem because I just oh <laughs> she was like shit. you know my my brother she, the lady who the lady who dropped off Damon was like you know my brother he's an alcoholic so like I understand you know sometimes it's hard and they're sometimes they do a really good job at like not letting you know but maybe just look out for it. <laughs> that's wild that's crazy so yeah like that that is wild no i didn't have no snow or nothing and that's what's kind of fucking it was like a really weird thing i think i think the most logical thing i could think about tripped over my dishwasher door i had to door it down and Mm. i was cooking at the stove my like my dishwasher's like behind the stove yeah like on the island but a little to the if you're facing the stove it'll be behind you to the right and i went to go that way for something and the next thing I know, I was like discombobulated because I was falling. Like yeah. it wasn't like, oh shit, I just hit my foot, I might fall. It was like I am in full fledged fall. You being my friend for I don't know how long, mm-hmm. damn near thirty years, right? Yeah. You can attest to this for everybody. I am not going to go down on the first trip. Mm-mm. It's going to be a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get to a way where I can fall and not fuck myself up somehow. That's and. Mm-hmm. And I was like flailing around. I did get to a, way, a place where I fell and it, it wasn't too bad, but it was still a little rougher than I was expecting. And it, I don't know. I just don't know what happened. So like when you first told me that you fell, I was like, he's not seriously hurt because he has this uncanny. 
So like you know how like cats always land on their feet. You don't always mm-hmm. you like you don't land on your feet, but you never fall to where you hurt yourself. Yeah. You yeah. might like get a bumper or a scrape or something like that, but you never fall to where you get like hurt for real. And then the second thing was like, I bet that nigga fell on his ass cheek. Because like right on my ass cheek. <laughs> it doesn't matter the height, it doesn't matter the distance covered within the fall. It like if Curtis falls, it generally takes from start of the fall to the time where your body makes contact with the ground, it generally takes about seven to twelve seconds for that whole process yeah. to fall through. And then you nine times out of ten, you always land on left or right ass cheek. So I was like, he didn't get really hurt because that just doesn't happen to him. And I wonder what what ass side he fell on. <laughs> you remember that one time we was hooping and uh, and you pushed me and I fell and my ass cheek came out. <laughs> Whole ass cheek just slid just out of your one shorts, ass, dog. But how does one ass cheek come out? Like how does that even happen? <laughs> <laughs> only me bro only me i'm telling you yeah that's but all, yeah but that's all this my, my shit like you know me i have a history of just like i don't know how i just managed to fall the worst way every time like and it's always involves <laughs> my fucking head it always involves yeah. my fucking head smacking off the grid like if i don't have tbi or cte i'll be fucking amazed because my head somehow somehow always manages to make contact with shit that is not supposed to make contact with. Luckily, when I go bald, I'll, I'll like I because like when I was in the army, niggas like I had the ball like the the crew cut niggas always. Just, oh, you got that Shane Battier, you got that Shane Battier head, you got that Sharpie scalp, like so like you won't <laughs> you won't really be able to know. Like I, for one, I when I went in and I had my hair cut short, I was always like mad conscious about my scalp. But then like. When I was in the army, I saw some fucked up scalps, dog. Like niggas with the niggas with the Franks, and then I saw dudes where their their scalp, like my shit. I joke like Shane Battier, and then like you know like a Sharpay, but like, but like I saw niggas where their shit looked like straight ball sacks, dog. Like the whole, like, <laughs> or even like a walnut, like dog. Like how your how your oh, man. how does your shorn head look like a walnut? That shit looks like a topographical, topographical map of like a bomb site or some shit. <laughs> I was like, man, my shit's not that bad. And then you look at Shane Battier now and like he, he I think he has some procedures done because his shit is kind of smoothed out a little bit. So I ain't seen him in a minute, so I don't it's know. It's smoothed out. It's smoothed out. I've seen it. I want to be on the cutting edge of these procedures because I know that these these locks ain't going to last me forever, my nigga. <laughs> I, need to, have an, I need to have an exit. I need to have an exit plan. <laughs> I feel like Shane should just rock it, though. Niggas know him for that. Like, it's fine. You know, you know, the joke is old. Like, niggas, if niggas try to make fun of him for that now, niggas would be like, nobody would laugh. They'd be like, bro, that's so old. Like, get a new joke. That might work for Shane, but I'm not famous or rich. I just feel like you. But just, I could just hit them with, like, I could just hit them with the deadpan face and be like, yes, nigga, I know. I've heard it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, how you been, man? What's been up with you, uh, man? I don't think I don't think the listeners have a clear understanding of the frustration I went through trying to edit that fucking podcast, man. <laughs> 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 Bro, I got so mad that I del- like I made it all the way through. I couldn't figure out a way to to get it uploaded, and I deleted it completely. Like, I, I still had the audio files, but, like, the finished project after all the editing and all the production, 
I wiped that shit out. And I was like, fuck it. I'm about to jump all the way in my bag and just go to Costco and drop a G on a brand new MacBook because I probably won't have this fucking problem. And then you was like, nah, don't do that. Don't do that. We'll figure out a way. <laughs> so then we figured out a way. And I was like, okay. 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 Because I was right that there. Is right? A, that is, erasing that shit is the most Marcus move possible. Like, I was telling my lady that I was like, because y'all don't understand, the podcast was done for two weeks before we published it, <laughs> and and he he had it he had the edit done in about what three days maybe about three four days yeah yeah and so uh, and then him just erasing it is that's just you bro like I wanted to be annoyed but I couldn't like that would be that would be like you being annoyed at me for being a picky eater right yeah. or being yeah. indecisive about something like yeah that's just you from way back when you used to do that shit on Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed this one plant. I'm gonna go. Missed, I'm gonna just start erasing I missed one. I missed. I missed one box of nine millimeter ammo that I'm really not even gonna use, but I need to have it in the item box to know that I got everything. Fuck this. I'm starting this game over. Yeah, and it's just like I. I never understood that, but you know that was you. But we got it out. We got it out. Go we got it, it out. out. And speaking of speaking of editing that podcast, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm drawing an edict right now. I'm enforcing a two-drink maximum on myself from all podcasts going forward. <laughs> Bro, because I was in the cup, nigga. I, <laughs> I was slurring and talking over you. I, I, I remember I called you or I texted you. I don't remember I te- texted No, I called you, and I was like, hey, dog, I can edit. So anytime I'm, like, jumping all over you while you're trying to say something, just, like, throw me the shush. I'll be like, oh, yeah, you right, you right. <laughs> <laughs> no man and, uh, the craziest thing about that is we had an earlier episode like over like in September maybe where you didn't like mm-hmm. the way you sounded you erased the whole shit didn't even confer- okay, no- didn't even uh, uh, what's it called consult with me just straight erased okay, that shit so, so that was that was actually in June no that was July June? that was July, July? That, that was that was the first time that we did Space Jam Oh, okay. That was the weekend after July 4th where I was told that I was told by my ex-wife that she didn't want to be in a relationship no more. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean when you're married? But then, you know, I just wasn't ready to process that. So, like, you were like, nah, man, just go home. Don't show up there. Don't do this. Don't do nothing niggerish. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll go home and uh, me and my best friend will podcast on Space Jam. But that's how I made it through was... With something strong, and then when I when I was listening to that, I I think I only edited Kurt about like thirty minutes of that podcast, and I was like, nope, this shit's not seeing the light of day. <laughs> and then I just texted you like, yo, we're gonna have to redo that one, and you were like, why? Is it savable? I was like, I already deleted it. And then there was a long pause between like your response. <laughs> but no, man. Other so other than the podcast, I I feel like in the two weeks since we recorded and like. I don't know if this has been evident, so it'll be interesting to talk about because based on what you said, where like you're in a place where like you're not really on the level of giving a fuck how other people feel about where you're at in life. I'm on the I'm on the opposite side of that where I'm like I'm in a place where I'm not really giving a fuck about where everybody else is at and what everybody mm-hmm. else has to say. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know. This, this this is how this is this yin and yang. This is how we're able to like help each other out. I'm like, yo, I'm I'm going through this, and then you're like, well, maybe you could blah blah blah, and then you'll hit me like, how 
how are, how, how should I deal with this? And I'm like, well, here's how I'm dealing with that in this exact instance. And it's like, it melds. So I feel like there's something in there that like can help somebody. Yeah. And I think, I think that that is, that's probably like a good jump in point right there. Right. It's like, yeah. I feel like the, the best thing about our relationship, the, the dynamic that exists between us is that we're both, we're both good listeners. I'm a really, really good listener. And, and I retain a lot of shit. So like when, when I have a situation that kind of fits something that you've talked to me about, or you told me how you dealt with it, it might not be a one-to-one situation. Like for instance, um, I had a situation where like somebody was, I felt like somebody wasn't appreciative of the time that I spent with them. Yeah. And I, and I take that shit super personally because I ain't got no time. You know what I'm saying? So I'm mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? But you had a similar situation and you handled it without taking it personally at all. Mm-hmm. And so I called you and I was and the question wasn't why do motherfuckers be tripping or why people think this? It was how do you how do you intake that information and process it without taking it so personally mm-hmm. to where you you're able to have an objective conversation? And I can't because I'm all emotional. First of all, I'm an emotional motherfucker. To begin with, right? But it's like, <laughs> but but you're able, and and you are you are too. Not as much as me, but you are too. But you're able in in a lot of situations. This is the difference between us. In a situation that is about you, I can look at it objectively and tell you where you're wrong. I right. I, I can do that with myself, but it takes me time to cool down and get there. Mm-hmm. You, on the other hand, you can look at a situation you're in objectively. And, and and speak to it, but if somebody does something to me, you get a little round up, and you're like, you know what I'm saying? So it's a very interesting, it's an interesting dynamic that we have between each other with that. But like, I, I, you know, I think that's probably like my favorite thing is like, we can kind of, I can, I can call you and ask for, ask for this advice about how you handle a certain situation, not necessarily what your actions are, but the way that you're able to intake the information and process it, yeah, to come to a logical conclusion, yeah. And that's like, for me, that's something that that's something that I've got better. I've got better at over time. Um, But to me, like where it stuck out to me was most importantly, I got better at it with you because like my up until recently, you know, up until some of the recent shit that I've gone through in life, like I'm, I'm just a problem solver, problem solver. You're coming to me with a complaint. How can I fix it? And like at one point in time, that was like part of our schism was like. You know, you you had to let me know, like, we would get, you know, like, you would get upset with me or I would say something cross and you're like, I'm not on that time where I'm trying to hear that shit right now. And then, like, you know, some time would go by, you would cool off and you would be like, like, dog, I'm not like, I'm just trying to vent. I don't, I don't always need like your opinion or I don't always need a fucking fix. And I was like, you know what? That's right, though. That's right, though. I don't always know that. But like, if I know that I'm 100% there for it. And I'm 100% there for it, like in my professional life, like, I deal with people on a daily basis, you know, what I'm saying like families of people on a daily basis. And it's like, some people just need to fucking be heard. Sometimes you just need to be heard. You don't, you don't want you're not in a place yet where you're ready to fix it. Like you're just you want to get it out so you could process it. And then like just having somebody that'll listen to you will lead you to fixing it on your own. Cause then like you're verbally putting the problem out to somebody else. And as you're telling that person, you could spot 
the opportunities where, you know, where you could take a left here or you could take a right there. But like, I think I just got in my past relationships, I just got so attuned to like, okay, this is a problem. If I don't address it, it's going to become a bigger problem. So how can I fix a problem? How can I fix a problem? But like that doesn't always fix the problem. Sometimes it Mm -hmm. fucking makes it worse. Yeah. So, yeah. I get it. Should we talk about that whole situation? I'm down for it. I'm down for it. All right. I don't even really know where to start. Um, I just think that like it's important. So, so we talk a couple of times like, and it's kind of jokes, but it's deadly serious. Is like, like we've been friends for almost 30 years and I don't look at you as a friend. I look at you as like my brother. And when mm-hmm. like we joke around, like it's not, it's not gay shit. It's man shit. It is man shit, but like it's love shit. And I think that like we more than likely have listeners that like they might have that type of relationship with with somebody that's close to them in life but like they don't cross that threshold where like they feel safe and comfortable or or safe to be vulnerable around that person who they have this close relationship with whereas like me and you I don't think that's ever been doubted so like there was a point in time a few months ago where I honestly thought that shit was at risk I was like I didn't feel like I was going to lose a friend. I th- I felt like I was going to lose a fucking family member. And I couldn't understand why. Because, like, I know you and you're the type of person where, like, during this situation, you're the type of person who was trying to do kind of like the right thing of taking some time and separating so you could really figure out what was bothering me. But at the same time, I'm just like, I'm okay with dealing with that, but this is coming from you. And I don't even know... I don't even know what's going on. Like, I know we're not good, but I don't know what it has to do with. I don't know what I did. I don't know, you know, that sort of thing. So, like, there was a, on my part of it, I definitely saw myself as, like, kind of being, you know, with the with the ability to have perspective and look back at it, I can see how my end of it was, was a little bit selfish on just trying to figure out, like, what did I do and how can I fix it? That same sort of shit. And then once we finally got through it and we talked about it, it was like, you know, with all these changes I've been going through in life, me personally, with all the changes I've been going through in life, I wasn't allowing myself to make time for my relationship with you. And you're going through it and you were there for me during like for what I consider like one of the lowest parts of my life. You were there every fucking day. You had your daughter. You had a fucking torn Achilles. You got a girl. You got a job to maintain. And like I'm going through my shit and you're just like, yo, it don't matter. Like if I'm in a meeting, I'll put that shit on mute. Like if you got to call me, call me. And there was never no question. Mm-hmm. And if I did call you and you weren't able to take the call, you're like, yo, I'm about to get out of this meeting in like 20 minutes. I'll hit you right back. And so like when you were going through shit, I didn't make myself that available to you because I got so wrapped up and just like everything that I needed to get done. Because here I am 39 starting over from zero. Not really zero, but I'm starting over. But like, mm-hmm. I just want to get it done because when it's done, then it's done. And I don't got to worry about it again, which is bullshit. But by the time you and I had our conversation, I realized how much I realized how much those sorts of conversations and that sort of interaction and the relationship that I have with you contributed to me being good after all of those changes. And I was mm-hmm. denying that to you. I was denying that time and attention to you and making sure you were straight. So I, I saw that. But. Yeah, because that so what happened was I was kind of having an issue. I was really upset in here one day, like super upset. And like you were saying, like we would talk, you know, 
pretty much from July to December, right? We talk mm-hmm. every every mm-hmm. day, multiple times a day, right? Yeah. And 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 we working on things together, and you know, you're trying to figure shit out, and I'm like, what you need? Like, I got you. You know, we you need to find a place where you looking. I look. I'll send you the name of the joints that look cool, like all of that. Yeah. And so I just had a small problem. You were you were with your girl, so I I wasn't sure if you were with her. I hit you. I was like, yo, you with her? You were like, yeah. And that was kind of just it. I ain't get nothing else. So I was like, okay, you really ain't got no time for me. And then I think we got into like a, I feel like we got into an argument over something really small. Like this might've been the the COVID argument. Might've been the COVID argument. I feel argument. like, no, it wasn't the COVID. That was later. It was something else. Okay. We got in an argument over something really, really small. And, and you were like, you were, you were obviously upset. And you text me and you were like, and this is, this is, this goes back to what you were saying, right? Of like, this is also why I fucking hate text messages. Cause you text me and you were like, <laughs> you were like, I'm just making sure like, this is the hill you're willing to die on. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like what, what? Right, right, right. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, like don't. The, the the tone of the text was very much like I'm about to stop being your friend, and I'm like, dog, don't text me and threaten me. Like, if you're gonna do it, call me. Yeah. And you were like, nah. And so then we kind of got into a, a into a exchange of words. I called you. I tried to be cool because, like, I know you've been going through a lot. I've been having a lot, and I know how emotional I get. But the roles were kind of reversed because you were very upset, mm-hmm. and you were talking real tough to me, <laughs> and I was not appreciating it. So it started going left really quick. We were able to get it together, but I think that was a, I, that wasn't a true to me. It was a true conversation, but it wasn't super true to me because I had been fighting with my girl. I've been fighting with my mom. Mm-hmm. I've been fighting with the mother, my daughter. I think I got into it with my dad. So I was just tired of fighting. So whatever it took for us to just get cool, I was like, let's be cool. Yeah. So we're cool. But then in that time, like, the more I thought about the conversation, I was like, hold up, like, how are you going to threaten to not be my friend? Like, me? Out of everybody? Yeah, yeah. You going to act like I'm treating you some kind of way? And that's what really started bothering me. And, and where I fucked up in that was, instead of just calling you and having that conversation, that festered in me. Mm-hmm. And it sat with me and, and, it, and it grew. And I would, and, and then to add on to that, you were really getting everything you had moved into your place, but then you had to move into a different place. And mm-hmm. you were trying to figure out the school situation with your son and how to get him to and fro and what you're going to do and all of these things that you're, you know, I know that you have to go through. Yeah. But I wasn't hearing from you. So, like, I would reach out and hit you and be like, yo, like, everything cool? Like, did you move yet? And I would get, like, a short, like, yeah, I'm good. Every I moved. I moved Friday. Mm-hmm. That would be it. And I was like, well, what the fuck? So now I'm thinking, like, one, I'm already feeling away because you threatened not to be my friend. So now, like, you got a girlfriend, so now, like, you don't need me as your friend no more? Like, yeah, this is yeah. just a one-sided friendship shit? So all of this is doing it. Then, and I'll, do you need to jump in there with anything? No, no. All right, so then we have the COVID <clears throat> argument where the mother of my child, my daughter was exposed to COVID for, like, the eighth time in a month at school. <laughs> I'm super pissed because I pay for a private school. They'll send... so. Monday she'll come to school. They'll be like, "Oh, she was somebody that had COVID was here on Friday. You got to come pick her up, but she can't come back till Monday of yeah. next week." Yeah, but they still charging me this full fucking week of tuition. Mm-hmm. So I call you. I'm ranting about that. Where I'm supposed to take her over to uh, 
for a play date. And her mom is like, oh, but we can still take her. I'm like, dog, she just got exposed to COVID. Like, we're not going to just take her somewhere. And so I called to vent to you about all of that. And you were like, I'm not playing the COVID game. I'm not doing this, this, and that. And, and then what set me off was that we got into like this tit for tat thing, but I was actually agreeing with you. Mm-hmm. I I totally 100% agreed with you on one point. Right. And you didn't hear everything. So you thought I was still arguing you. And that sent me over the edge because I'm like, okay, now you're just trying to fight with me. Like I, I literally just said that you were right. And you're arguing <laughs> me saying that you're right. Like what the fuck yeah. is that? And then, so I think I hung up on you. You mm-hmm. text me. With some choice words, which were deserved. I text back some choice words. And I think I might have called you back. I don't know. We got into a really heated yeah. argument. Yeah. I don't think we've really ever had an argument like that. Ever. Not like that, no. Yeah, and so I was mad. I <laughs> I was mad for a couple of days. And then small shit would happen. And this is how I realized that. I always admit to being a little crazy. I know I'm crazy. <laughs> I think... I think I might have like talked to my dad and I'll go back to this conversation with my dad, but I think yeah. I might have like texted you or called you and the energy was not matching up and I was I was getting super pissed. And then after that, you posted a picture on Instagram of you like smiling. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that you were like poking me like I'm <laughs> unbothered, my nigga, like I'm super happy. You don't only want pissed off. So now I'm even more upset. And then you call me back, but my daughter like ignored the call right away. She was watching the phone. Yeah. And then um, I really didn't care because I didn't have nothing to say to you. But then for some reason, I fucking listened to the voicemail and it wasn't. It wasn't fully what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't it wasn't what I wanted from you, but it was very much kind of like. You're being an asshole. But I might be being an asshole. Mm-hmm. So can we talk and figure this out? Yeah. And I was still a little annoyed about that. I just ignored it. I didn't respond. Um, and then, so let me tell, let me a quick aside. I know I've been talking a lot, but so I call my dad and I'm like, I tell my dad what's been going on between us. And I was like, you know, I'm like, I think I don't want to be his friend no more. Mm-hmm. It's like a one-sided friendship and I'm not with it. And he was like... He was like, her, you can you can say that, but he's gonna come to he's gonna call you. And I was like, I don't think so, Dad. He was talking real crazy to me. He was like, Her, you don't understand like how y'all have been. He don't have nobody like that. And as much as mad as you are right now, mm-hmm. you won't have nobody like that either. Right. He was like, and y'all y'all have he was like, as much as y'all might have other friends or other people or whatever. Y'all ain't nobody. You ain't been through the shit that you've been through with him with nobody else. And it's the same for him. Yeah. He's going to call you. He's like, because in a time of need, he always calls you. Right. And I was like, yeah, that's what that's the fuck I'm talking about. Huh? And he was <laughs> like, Kurt, he's going to call you. And as, as mad as you are, I'm telling you, you're going to listen because that's who you are. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whatever, man. Oh, so I was mad. So during the same time, I'm fighting with my lady too, right? So me and my lady make up, like, and we're fighting bad, right? Like, I'm like, I don't know about this shit. And so we finally make up. And this is, this is, this is just kind of like, this goes back to what I was telling you when you were going through everything, right? And I was like, what would I always tell you? 
you'd be like, I don't know if this is going, if I'm gonna be able to do this, mm-hmm. or I don't think this. Could, what would I always tell you? Who's gonna look at? Who's gonna put you where you need to be? The universe, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Always the universe. Yeah. So my dad gives me that convers that talk. I've been fighting with this woman for probably two weeks, like fighting bad. We make up. I'm leaving her house, and as I walk out, she stops me. She says, "Curtis," and I turn around. I was like, "What's up?" She was like, "You need to call Marcus and make up with him." I'm like, "The fuck?" I'm like, "Man, fuck him!" <sighs> so I start going crazy again, right? Because you know me. I'm like going crazy. I'm like, "Fuck this nigga, man! Y'all don't, y'all don't understand." Blah blah blah. So then, in the midst of all that, you buy a video game. You text me like. Bought this game, but at at this point, you and I still haven't talked or texted. We still haven't talked in like, in like three days. or four days. Yeah, and so then you text me. You're like, I bought this video game, so you you can download it because I bought it yesterday, so it should be up for download. So it was Elden Ring, and it was like a huge game that came out, and I was like, "Fuck this nigga, man! He think that buying a video game is gonna make everything like nigga. I got I got seventy dollars buy a game. You know how I get it out here, so I'm mad about that because I'm like, he think that's gonna make shit okay." Then the then I I'm reading on Elden Ring, like I go on Reddit and I'm looking at like the Xbox forms. Everything is flooded with Elden Ring and everybody's like, How is the game? And everybody's like, The game is cool, it's hard, but if you have a friend that you can play with, it is just so much better. And everybody's like, you know, if like I would love to play this game with my best friend and I was like, Yo, what the fuck, man? So, every, <laughs> so it's funny. It's funny in hindsight, but I was really pissed off and going through it because it's like everything was telling me to get back, like to, to talk to you about the shit. And yeah. then you sent me, you, you're a wild boy. This is not a persona. Let me tell y'all about this guy. This is not a persona that he's putting on. Like, this is all him. This is all fact. He's really this wild. He's really this crazy. He's really this funny. So you've done a lot of wild shit that I haven't been ready for. Yeah. But... This is the most unexpected text I've ever got from you. It's the most, like, heartfelt and, like, I felt it. And I was like, damn, all right, he's really trying. Like, and I at this point, I'm just holding a grudge. Like, I need to call him. And then I called, and we had probably the most productive conversation I've had as an adult. Yeah. And then, like, what we, what we, the conclusion that we came to was, like, I did, I did multiple, me, Marcus, did multiple things wrong or incorrectly and you Curtis did multiple things wrong or incorrectly but like we were so we were so concerned with the thought of like losing that relationship that we weren't able to like just pause and and see what the fucking actual problem was and how to address it and like once we figured that out it was like super easy it was like a miscommunication here or there a miscommunication here or there I realize that like maybe I don't make the invitation because like you like to this day, you've never been the type of person to just like hit me out the blue with your with your problem. Like you've gotten better mm-hmm. at it now because I'm I'm making an effort to make sure that you know that I'm there for that. But like you've never been that type of person. I always feel like up until I want to say like maybe the last year, I've always felt like I have to like kind of pry shit out of you. Like even when I Ain't know no something. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no kind of in that, brother. Like, I, and that always kind of bugged me a little bit. And like, that was part of it. Was like, I was taking that a little personal. Was like, you know, you sit here and talk to me about, oh, this is my man, blah 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 blah, and this is a one sided relationship, and this and that. But like, 
I have to fucking beg you to talk to me, even when I know that you're going through some shit. So then I just like became accustomed to like, fuck it. If it matters to him that much, he'll fucking talk to me about it. And then when you were trying to talk to me about it, I wasn't making the opportunity. I wasn't making the opportunities of like inviting you to talk about it or even cutting out, you know, 20, 30 minutes here to to be available for you. Because like Mm -hmm. when I when I talked to you about that, it was like. It was like it got so bad, like for me, because, you know, like you said, I, I sold my house and then I moved into an apartment. But that apartment sucked and it was a short lease. So like two months later, I moved into a different apartment. And like when I left that relationship, like getting out of that unhealthy relationship was more important than any material item. So like I could have sat and fought like, oh, I want these dishes or oh, I want these cups or oh, I want these knives. But like fuck it. I, it's not worth the fight. Like we're going to both walk away from this house with a decent chunk of change. Like it's all just shit. And if it's that important, I can replace it. So like once I finally got where I was settled, I was like, okay, I got to replace this. I got to replace this. I got to replace that. So like on the weeks where I had my kids, it was like every morning I was getting up at six thirty. I was taking Damien to school. Then I would get back to the apartment and I would feed my daughter some breakfast. And I'm like, eat, eat, girl, you got to eat. We got to go out and we got to do shit. And then like she would eat breakfast. And then from like 930 to fucking one, we're just out and about getting shit to put in the apartment. And then we got to come back and drop it all off so that I could go back and pick up Damien. And then we get back and pick up Damien. And I'm like, I got about an hour to put shit together. And then I got to get to jujitsu. And then after jujitsu, I get back, I take a shower, I make dinner, and then I'm up until midnight putting shit together, like putting furniture together, hanging pictures, hanging art, doing this. And I'm just like, I, so it was kind of like that thing. Like I didn't make time for myself. So I know I did a shitty time at making, making time for you and you were going through it. So, but I, I'd like to me, I think the whole point of sharing, sharing this whole thing between us is like, we touched on it before. I'm trying to remember what movie. It was, I think it was Belly when the mm-hmm. two girls were talking to each other, mm-hmm. uh, when T-Boz and what's her name were talking to each other. And like, she was talking about like, you know, uh, T-Boz was telling the young girl, like, you know, like this, you can't look at this relationship for anything other than it is. And then like, you made a mention of like the, the relationships that you have are supposed to add value to your life, not just pull and pull and pull and pull. And like, for me, this is like the relationship that I have with you adds an immense value to my life to the point where like, Mm -hmm. you always, you always like make light of it. But like me personally, I don't know where I would be if I didn't have Curtis as my best friend for the last 27, 28 years. But like, it's worth figuring out. There's a lot of, there's a lot of relationships that are passe and they come and go over life for me. But like this one is worth figuring out. So like to me, like I wanted to share what happened between me and you because I know that there's people out there that have those sort of relationships and like you got to nurture those. Don't nurture every relationship because most I believe and maybe this is me kind of being a pessimist, but like I believe 90 percent of your relationships are bullshit. Yeah, I agree. The minute the minute they get hard for the other person, like you might devote yourself 100 percent to that relationship. Or as not a hundred percent, but as much as you can. But that I guarantee you, that person's not doing that. And is and, and the minute that they have to put in work to nurture that relationship, they'll just as soon be out. So like, 
recognize the relationships that are worth nurturing and like don't let those slip because like you don't get a Marcus and Kurt every day. Not to yeah. make us sound like, you know, the holy apostles, but that's what we are, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but, real shit. And like you were saying, like, and I don't mean to cut you off, but like you said, a lot of people won't put in what they get out of a relationship. And that's not always an indictment of them. Some people don't have those tools, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I just started developing these tools. Like, we were talking, you know, that was, I was serious when I said you did have to pry, like, until probably this last year or so, maybe year and a half now, like, I just started really sharing shit with you. Yeah. And you, it's you and my man, Buddy. Nobody else gets these this shit, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't talk to nobody about these problems I have. Yeah. And it's like, I don't talk to my mom. I don't talk to my dad. Like, I don't, I just, that's just been me my whole life, right? Like, I just kind of, I go into a shell. If, if you, if you ever want to know if something is wrong with me, if you ain't heard from me and ain't nobody else heard from me, it's something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. Because when yeah. something, when something goes bad for me, I'm just in a shell. I don't want to talk to anybody. I isolate myself and it's not good. Yeah. And so I started, you know, I, I really started paying attention to that and using my network of people that I have and understanding like just as much as I care about y'all like all of y'all care about me yeah and y'all will do all of the things and like the craziest shit is tearing my Achilles is what really showed me that it's like it's something so small but it's like you know I was in here I couldn't fucking move around freely by myself and like right after surgery I couldn't get out of bed take a piss and shit and it's like you know my my dad came down here and took care of me and my lady took care of me and my my mom and my sister driving down here and people I work with and yeah. finding out. And like, I had a coworker who found out and called and cussed me the fuck out, bro. Mm-hmm. Up and down. Mm-hmm. Like what the fuck, Curtis? I I'm at my parents' house, 10 minutes away from your house every other day. Yeah. Call me. If you need something, I will come. And it's like, so, you know, just started. I don't know if that'll help anybody. If you guys are like me at all, but like, don't be a, don't be embarrassed or ashamed or afraid to like use your network because if these people are in your life and they've been around and you know that it, it's a safe space like you got to trust that and don't just indict them on that because of your own issues give them a chance to help mm-hmm. you and mm-hmm. don't be so afraid that it's always going to go bad because I haven't outside of an outside of a few random experiences I haven't had a bad I hit you was like well I we can't. I don't know who listens at your job, so we both disclose that part of the story. <laughs> we if just you know me personally. We don't gotta. If you, we don't gotta disclose where I'm at. But yeah, but, just keep, but it, was, keep it keep it vague. He was a little inebriated when I when I hit him and it was like you with your girl, and he was like, "Yeah." So he just wasn't. If if he, you know, if you weren't, you would have. You probably would have like, all right. You probably like, oh damn, it's been like ten minutes. Kurt didn't hit me. Find out it's been twenty three hours, right? <laughs> oh, like, you talking about that initial time? Yeah. Oh, statute of limitations is off on that shit. So, like, when okay. he was telling y'all that, like, he texted me and was like, yo, are you with your girl? And I just responded, yeah. I was on. So, my brother gave me, like, some of that THC sauce. It's like mm-hmm. a syrup. And I, I, when I take those, I like to, like, just inject, like, one rice grain drop into, like, a junior mint. And then I just suck on the junior mint. I drink some coffee. And then like 30, 45 minutes later, I'm on, I'm on one. But this time, I didn't do a great job at injecting. So instead of like a, a rice size drop, I think I might have did a pea size drop inside oh. of a junior mint. And then I did two of them. 
So like, (laughs) when you had texted me and was like, yo, you with your girl, I just responded, yeah, because I was in the middle of the moon at the time. I was finding out what the moon (laughs) is made out of. (laughs) And like, (laughs) we were just... We were just laid out, bro. Like, we were just laid out on her couch uh, watching Game of Thrones because she had never seen it. And I was like, this is, man, these dragons are fucking weird. And I'm in the middle of the moon. (laughs) And I feel like my skin is melding into her skin. And we're becoming one symbiotic being. I was like, I think he's fine. Because I think, like, if it was something important, he would let me know. But, like, my thinking was not clear. So, yeah, you're right. Let me ask you a question about the symbiotic being. If you guys meld into one, mm-hmm. which genitalia goes, or do you guys keep them both? I hope it's a vagina. You hope the vagina goes, or you hope no? That I you hope have a I hope that I have a vagina because I want to experience it. I want to. See- <laughs> 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 I want to see. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I want to see how much shit I can get done if I have a vagina at my fingertips whenever I want. I guarantee you, I don't do anything and I end up on the streets. All I'm yeah, going to do is play that. with that shit, dog. Like, yeah. I don't think I would get shit done. So, for the sake of productivity, I hope, like, if we became one being, I hope it's a penis. But, like, my wildest dreams... My wildest dreams, if I became a symbiotic being with a woman, I would hope that the vagina was the prominent. Because vaginas are wild, bro. Have you seen the sex toys they be having for women? Yeah, they're interesting. They got Some of them are massively intimidating. Bro, it's like, it's one that they don't even put in their pussy. It's like a vibrator. And it's just like a foot long. And and it has like this big ass round top on it. Oh, the wand, the magic wand. That shit, bro. I'm like, what the fuck? What do you need to vibrate that hard? What is it? Why is it so big? I'll be like, hey, when you're done, can you put that right on my trapezius? Because my shit is mad tight right now. It is. Just, it's a wild shit, man. And then, like, women can have like multiple orgasms at a time. Like, it's some weird shit. They can come two ways, like yeah. from from being inside or being on the clip. Like, it's some very weird shit. It's awesome. But I'm a, I'm a little jealous. I don't think I want to try the vagina like you, but it's just it's wild though. Oh, I want to try it. I'm I not mad see, at that. Though. I want to see what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't want to see what it's like. I just want to place a wager with myself. Honestly, like I just want to place a wager with myself that I could get something done. Because I'm betting the I house that I won't. <laughs> what is okay? Here's the bet. Right here's the bet. It's it's. You take the over or you take the under. Three days of you calling out of work to play with your vagina when you over. first get it. Over. <laughs> I'm taking the over on that shit all day. I'm taking the over on that shit all day. I'm using, dog, day one, I'm using COVID protocols, dog. I'm about to be out for two weeks. I gotta, I gotta isolate. I gotta isolate. I can't be, I can't. I'm customer facing. I can't. I I would I would not want that on my conscience to put somebody else at risk. I need to be at home for fourteen days. Okay, okay. And then I would be withered. I would wither into a dry piece of like like my. I'm six two, two hundred forty five ish pounds. I would look like a scab dog because I would like I would teach myself how to squirt, and that's all I would do. That's all. (laughs) Who's gonna clean that shit up? 
But I don't know. It won't be me. Maybe I'll rehydrate myself with my own fluids. So I wouldn't turn oh into a scab. Oh, my God. Jesus, that's <laughs> disgusting. What is wrong with you, man? <laughs> Oh, or maybe that's Christ. the, or maybe that's the, what you could get with your pussy. You could have somebody. You'd be like, hey, you can come watch me squirt, but you got to clean up the squirt, and they'll be like, <gasps> okay, cool. Here's why I want. Here's why I would like. If I became a symbiotic being, here's why I would want a vagina. Only fans. Oh, a fact. Because if you're a, not a, famous, a if fact. you're not famous, you're and and you're a man, you're not getting paid on Only Fans. But any any, let's see. Any person with a vagina, I don't want to exclude anybody, especially because yeah. we're in the midst of Pride Month right now. I don't want to exclude anybody. A person mm-hmm. with a vagina, any person with a vagina can't get paid on OnlyFans. This all you is gotta, a fact. All you got to do is show your butthole. You can make like 10 You don't even got to show your butthole. You can show your butthole and then just have your pussy like just in the upper like left-hand corner and... Dudes are so gross that we will give money away even if we know that they're gay women. Dudes will still donate. Yeah, it's like, uh, oh, because she's showing that lesbian pussy to me. Yeah, got to be paid for it. So but nigga, you know That's what? the patriarchy. But nigga, this is true. But you know what else is gross about men? As long as we know that you have a pussy, we don't need to see it. Niggas pay for feet on OnlyFans. Damn. As long as it's attached to a, a, a person with the pussy. Niggas would you know pay me. To, niggas would pay me to get my feet off OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, "Bruh, here's ten racks. Shut down. Shut it down. Delete your fucking profile, please." Oh man. Oh man. So oh, man. all right. So, so this is a good. Is, I like this. This is a good peek behind the curtains because listeners, this is how we talk on the phone. All the time, like these the conversations, these conversations right here is like what inspired me and Curtis to do a podcast. Period. This is a fact. So you saw how it went from this dead serious conversation about our relationship to a symbiotic <laughs> person and Marcus squirting and starting an OnlyFans because he mm-hmm. has a pussy now. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's a very very weird situation. I hope um, I hope that uh, I hope that our five listeners are here for it. <laughs> I hope. I mean, you got to be because you got to. Just listening to our movie shit, you know we're some weird niggas to begin with. So it's like, I don't even understand how you couldn't want to hear this conversation. But let me... So one of the... We had already had this idea for this this podcast, but I got a phone call from somebody that I really wanted... I thought was an interesting conversation that I had with him. And I wanted to get your take on it. Okay. Um. So... This is from my nephew, Cochise, who I shouted out before. Shout outs to him. Real quick, let's hold on. Let's do a couple quick shout outs. Shout out to my man, Chris, number one fan. Soon as Batman dropped, bro. I think I pulled, you sent it to me pretty late at night after you got home from work. So it was probably like 1230 Eastern, maybe a.m. Yeah. I yeah. posted that shit as fast as I could. At I Let's say it got published at 1232. At 1234, Chris went on Discord and was like, new episode is up, y'all. Like, go check it. Shouts to my nigga, Chris, man. Much CDW, love. My, uh, shouts to him. He's on vacation right now for his bachelor party. Oh, that's what's up. Um, yeah, he went to Boston and his friend surprised him with a trip to Florida. So he is en route to Florida. He will text me when he gets in. So Chris, shouts to you, my man. Like, I hope you have fun in this bachelor party. Put your tongue in the stripper's butt. But don't tell... Christine. Don't tell. <laughs> don't tell. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, man. Shouts to Chris. And congratulations, man. Congratulations. Yeah. 
But um, so my nephew Cochise, uh, he hit me up one day and he was kind of, we had a conversation about like he he finished school, he's trying to do you know make a career change and really get started down a certain career path. And then he called me back. I, he had an interview about a, for a job and um, he said he kind of felt like the dude was a little intimidated by him. And I was like, well, why is that? And he was like, I don't know, man. I feel it might just be me, but it's like you know, like I'm a taller black man. I got dreads and shit, like. You know, I feel like they might look at me a certain way. And I was like, I, you know, they might, bro, but they should. We didn't stay on it too long. Yeah. But then, like, a few days later, he called me back and he was like, I'm thinking about cutting my dreads, man. And he was like, I feel like it's holding me back from getting jobs. And, like, you know, I don't know. I might just be be me being self-conscious about the shit. Like, but I also, he was like, I also just don't want to cut my hair, like, I'm like, fuck that. I, you know, I, I don't need to cut my hair. Like, he was like, and it could just be me being young still and like immature and I need to let some of that go. And I was like, well, I'll tell you what I said afterwards. What do you, what do you think? So he was thinking that maybe him wanting to keep his dreads, it, it could possibly be a little bit of like young rebellion in him and him being a little immature. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he thinks <clears throat> that it might be preventing him from entering on his desired career path. What do you think about that? And what so, would your advice be to him? So my advice to him would be quickest, quickest and easiest, quickest and easiest advice. If you have to cut your dreads off to work somewhere, is that really a place that you want to be investing all of your time at? Mm-hmm. If you have to have your hair cut a certain way in order for somebody to pay you, to do a job for them. You're providing them with the service and they're paying you in return for the service that you provide to them. And they want you to look a certain way. That's not where you need to be anyway. Mm -hmm. Second. um, And so I, I, yes, I agree with you on some black shit. Second, don't think that maybe they're going to look at you a certain way. They're going to look at you a certain way. Period. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you could do about it because you're darker than me. Cochise is darker than me. But at the end of the day, I'm a six foot two, 245 pound uh, mixed race man who's very alpha in his in his presence. I have tattoos. I'm I have a very muscular build. I walk into customers houses. I'm vain the fuck out. But like it doesn't matter how nice I am. It doesn't matter how personable I am. It doesn't matter how hard I try to make other people comfortable. There's still that underlying aspect of like, it's a, it's a, and like, I don't want to make a joke about it, but it's kind of jokey because like just the way the world is gone, there is an unconscious bias at hand. Mm -hmm. And I had that conversation with my girl just recently, like, It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good my numbers are. It doesn't matter what I do. I'm going to have to work harder than a white counterpart at my job if I want to progress. Like if the both of us want to progress, if we both want to be a manager, I'm going to have to work harder than that other person is simply because he's white and I'm not. So like... Mm -hmm. Get that out of the way. That's what I would say to coaches. One, don't work somewhere where you have to, like, don't even bother trying to get a job at a place where you have to cut your dreads off. That's A1 done work. That's out of here. Two, stop worrying about whether or not they're going to, like, you're gonna, they're going to look at you some kind of way. Dreads, no dreads, tats, no tats, whatever. 
they are going to look at you a different way. So stop stressing about that and do to like put forth your best effort anyway. And know that like, know that like your best effort is going to be more than somebody else's best effort. But like, don't let what other people do. And this is like something that I'm struggling with a little bit right now at work too. But like, don't let you, don't let other people's best effort dictate what your best effort is. You know what you're capable of. So put, put, like as corny as it sounds, always put your best foot forward, but just know that like you're you're fighting an uphill battle. And that's just the cards we were dealt. That's the cards we were dealt in the society we live in because of the melanin that we have in our skin. That's just the way the world is. And maybe like when everybody is light brown, when, you know, like 500 years from now, when the entire world is like 16 billion light brown people, it won't fucking matter. But the where we live at, like the world we live in now, it fucking matters. It's stupid. Get over it. Move past it. And just know that like you have to and you have to invest in believing yourself first. I like that. I like I like I like that take a lot. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I, I Yeah, I like that a lot. All right. So I, I like that take, though, man. I, I, I echo a, a similar sentiment. And that's kind of what I told him. I was like, you know. I'm a little crazy, so don't listen to me, cause I I I I really walked the line here. <laughs> Actually, I don't walk the line. I crossed the line because I told him, no, you don't need to cut your hair. You don't need to cut your hair because it once you because you're you're battling the same battle I have, and I've never had long hair, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna walk in there with the short hair and and everything, and they're still gonna look at me the same way. So it's like, don't cut your hair. And everything that you said is right. You're going to be spending more time at this place than anywhere else. And it's not like you about to be walking in there and they're going to pay you for sitting at a desk not doing shit. You're about to be working. You're going to be adding value to this company or helping them sustain their value. Mm -hmm. So I I don't want to hear that bullshit about like your hair needs to be a certain way or you need to look a certain way. As long as you come in professional and you have a professional attitude, you look professional, you're dressed professionally. There's people that come to work. I work at a financial institution. There's people with tattoos on their hands. Mm-hmm. People wear short sleeves. They're tattooed all the way down to their wrist or their hands included. And that that's okay, but somebody's hair isn't. Right. Because of your preference. I don't I don't like that. And so I told him not to not to do that. But um quick I don't quick think that you quick should. side question. Quick side question, and I and I don't mean to jump you jump uh, jump jump off on you, but do you think this is a hypothetical situation um, that I would ask coaches if you work for a place where they're gonna ask you like, hey, uh, we don't know if that haircut is is fitting what we're trying to do here, right? Do you think they would look differently at a white person who had dreadlocks? Because a white person who who has dreadlocks Mm. might be trying to like, you know, they get dreadlocks, they get some rune tattoos Mm. and they did a a, they did a ancestry dot com thing. And, oh, I found out uh, my ancestors were Scandinavian and, you know, they were Vikings. And so I'm paying homage to, you know, my Viking ancestors. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I'm not sure. That's a good question. I feel like they would look down on them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's because dreadlocks are more of a black hairstyle. And so I, like a black person, a black person with dreads is like 
black fist, right, right fist in the air, you know, hates yeah. white people. And then I feel like a white person with dreads is just dirty um, and smelly. They're, they're like a they're like a hippie, you know. They they don't take life seriously. And yeah, and they're just not, dirty, and smelly Antifa people. <laughs> yeah, and it's like both of those couldn't be further from the truth, right? Like, right. you could have done an ancestry and saw that the, you could have fucking you could have went to Jamaica and been like, holy shit, I yeah. I didn't know until I got here. I'm a fucking Rastafarian, like and I'm about to grow these dreads. Yeah, like, and that's the that's like a crazy like Rastaf. It's not crazy. Like, it's silly to say it's crazy, but like Rastafari is not. It doesn't matter where you're from. It's right. how do you choose to look at life? You can be white. You could be Chinese. You could be Japanese. You could be black. You could be Indian. You could be any of those things and still believe that Rastafari is the way you want to the way you want to live your life. And you're not wrong. So not. it all comes back to perspective, right? And I like my again, my bad for jumping on top of you. I don't know if no. you have more that you wanted to share with the uh, coaches. No, but that's it. I mean, because I already spoke to him about it, but I just kind of wanted to get your take. But and this take isn't, you know, I, this is definitely for black men because we struggle with these things. Like we kind of have to fit the description that that uh, some old white man said was the way that you need to look to work in a corporate setting. And it's yep. bullshit. Yep. But this also goes for anybody as much as as much as I'm a, a strong black man who is very proud to be a black man i don't i have no bigotry in me at all Mm -hmm. and i love everybody and i know how hard it is for everybody right one of my best fucking friends was just as poor as us Mm -hmm. right my man our man adam just as poor as us poorer maybe poor right eating fucking fried bologna at my house with me and spam i have no problem like, like i know my entire upbringing i have i know my entire upbringing and i know that like when you and i were coming up I I attracted myself to Eminem because I was like he's just like me. He didn't have his dad in his in his life growing up. He lived in a trailer park. Uh, he was ostracized by his by his uh, by his peers because of his skin color. Like you know, it's not it's awesome now. Like I tell my son all the time, like you have it great, bro. Like you live in a you live in a time where like being multicultural is fucking awesome, and you have such an interesting cultural background like i'm half white half black and his mom is from his mom's parents like his mom's lineage is from pakistan so he's like asian but like not asian asian but like indian asian and a quarter white and a quarter black and he's fucking you know like he's a really handsome kid and it makes me really nervous for my daughter she's fucking gorgeous and i'm sure every dad says that but like yo dog you you're not fucking (laughs) with my daughter son like like you your daughter's cute but compared to my daughter your daughter's probably ugly as fuck but like (laughs) but like but nah man like we live in a day now we're like you know it's multiculturalism is the norm and when you and I were growing up, like we talked about this on Boogie, like I'm just like we do a movie podcast. So I'm trying to wrap it in every once in a while. But like we talked about it on Boogie, like I we grew up in the 80s. We some 80s babies like we grew up in the 80s. So like when we were in when I was in elementary school, I was consistently shunned by the white kids because I was too black. And at the same time, I was consistently shunned by the black kids because I was too white. So but like the only kids who didn't give a shit were like the Mexican kids the Filipino kids, the Asian kids, they didn't give a fuck because I was tall. Mm-hmm. But like 
all of that grown up doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter because like there's always it's always an uphill battle. You know what I'm saying? Like when I when always. I I lived in Bellevue for a couple of for a couple of years and like if you're not from Washington then that doesn't really make no sense, but like it's ritzy and it's uppity and like that's where Microsoft is and Nintendo is there and like it's there's money like Bellevue's a money neighborhood. Bellevue's a money neighborhood. But like I would get stopped. So at one point in time I would I drove a 2008 uh GMC Yukon, fresh, shiny, black. I called it I called it the Black Pearl and I was the the Captain Jack Sparrow of the Black Pearl. <laughs> and uh I would be driving through like Bellevue Square and like I would get like older white ladies, you know, functioning for me to like they would do their hand signal like roll down your window roll down your window so i would roll the window down and they would like point over at me because i'm a big ass motherfucker they would point over at me and they would be like don't you play for the seahawks and i was like no as soon as i said no the window went straight back up because i'm just another nigga in bellevue yeah it don't matter if you're half black or a little bit black or kind of black like black is black sometimes Black is black sometimes. It don't matter. Black yeah. equals nigga. Most times. So like don't don't like don't sacrifice yourself to try and like to try and to try and uh, get it in. Because even when you're yeah. in, you're still black. Like you you still have that fight. Exactly. Exactly. Even when you're in, yeah. you still have that fight. <laughs> you still got it. And I was going to say though, like this advice that I'm about to hand out and it might be crazy. You don't have to listen to me. Because I'm definitely not where I want to be or where I feel I'm supposed to be professionally. I'm doing all right for myself. <clears throat> but, you, you know, I think very highly of myself. So I think I should be a little past this. But this goes for yeah. everybody of, of, of all, all people, gender and race. Fuck them. You don't need to conform to this bullshit. As long as you're going in there dressed professionally and you know your job. You don't need to cut your hair or not get a tattoo or cover that shit up. That shit is so 1960s and 70s, bruh. Like, mm-hmm. fuck all of that. You were here to do your job. And just like just like they are paying you, you showing up on time. You cranking out the work that needs to be done. You're not causing any issues at work. So if they have a problem with if you're not coming in there funky and your clothes look terrible, if you're coming in there dressed professionally and you're staying on top of your job and you're behaving the way you're supposed to, do not let these people press you about your physical appearance as mm-hmm. far as your hair is concerned or your beard or your fucking the size of your earrings. Any of that bullshit. Yeah. That's all bullshit. And 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 we have to start doing that. I, I feel so. I'm. I, I know I sound crazy, but I'm super passionate about this. I fucking hate that shit because we just need to get this job done. Yep. In my position, one of our customers at my financial institution will never see me. They'll never see my fucking face. So mm-hmm. why the fuck does it matter if I have dreads or if I come in with a fucking jerry curl as long as I get this product done that you guys asked me to do by the time you need it done? Yep. Why does it matter? You know what I'm saying? And so I'm not with that because the shit makes you uncomfortable. Then maybe you need to look at yourself and quit being a bitch ass nigga. Yep. That's what really needs to happen, right? Because you're scared because a fucking black man with a big ass dick and a jerk curl is going to fuck your wife. (laughs) You don't want your wife, bro. She puts raisins in the potato salad. Nobody wants that shit. She ain't got no ass and she had wrinkles since she was 26 years old. Fuck you, man. Stop that shit. Or Or you're so... Oh, you know, you're worried about this. You're worried about this young white girl because because she 
her hair is, is long and, and she looks too attractive. Well, you need to learn how to fucking control yourself, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because she's doing this job just like anybody else. So and fuck you. Fuck all these people who try that bullshit. I hate that shit, bro. I hate it. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because, like, because like my girl grew up with a very specific lifestyle. Me and you, like, I'm not ready to share this because, like, you know, I don't hide myself. And it's very easy to find who my girl is. But, like, we'll talk about it offline. But, like, my girl grew up with a very specific lifestyle when she was younger. So, like, getting out into the world and, like, seeing just how different shit is. Like, she realizes some bullshit when she sees it. But at the same time, sometimes it's bullshit. And she's like, is it? And um, I got to mm-hmm. educate her. I got to educate I'm like, look, yes, it's bullshit. It's 100% yeah. bullshit. Like, you know, baby girl, I'm sorry if I put you on blast. But, like, she wanted, like, when, when the Ukraine shit started popping off, she, she got herself a bracelet. Like to show mm-hmm. her support of the Ukraine, and I'm like, look, I, I, I'm, I'm totally fine. And like the breaking point for her was, uh, like Russia was missile striking, you know, children, hospitals, and schools and shit like that. And that for her, that was the breaking point was kids. And so like, and and like she like we talked about with her watching The Wire. Most motherfuckers' favorite season is like season four. Which has to do mm-hmm. with kids and the school system. She hated it. She mm-hmm. hated season four because it had to do with the kids and the and the kids are so disenfranchised, right? But like, I had to explain to her that like, okay, I, look, I'm not judging you as a person. It's totally fine if 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 the Ukra- if the war in Ukraine is something that you want to support, I support you. You like it, I love it. Period. Mm-hmm. But understand. I don't feel that way. I don't feel that way about the war in Ukraine. I, I, all war sucks. All war is terrible. And I feel like once humans as a race can figure out how to coexist with each other without fighting over shit every couple of years, we're going to see a massive advancement in just the human race on a whole. But this particular conflict about how am I supposed to give a fuck? Yeah, we had this conversation just the other night. I was like, "How am I supposed to give a fuck about the war in Ukraine?" And we're sending four billion dollars, or maybe it was forty billion dollars, or even four hundred billion dollars. We're sending all this money to the, to the Ukraine for weapons and to help them, but we have a homeless epidemic. Mm-hmm. We have a uh, a hungry people. You know, we have people living hungry in our own goddamn country. Mm-hmm. We have. A baby food shortage in our own fucking country. We have babies going hungry, but we're able to send money so that some white people in another country can fight some other white people in another country. And then we have these disenfranchised neighborhoods all around our own goddamn country who haven't had support from their country in decades. Systematic fuck you. It's a systematic fuck you for decades in our own country. You know what I'm saying? Like the black neighborhoods in in New Orleans, Baltimore, who we talk shit about all the time. Baltimore's been a fucked up neighborhood because they've been disenfranchised for decades. Southside Chicago. She didn't know that like she didn't know that. What was it like back in 2014 or 2015? There were more deaths and shootings in 
in Southside Chicago than there was in Iraq and Afghanistan combined that entire year. She didn't know about that. Yeah. But nobody gives a fuck about Southside Chicago because Ukraine. Yeah. So look, I'm not mad at you if that's something that you want to support. But like, don't cry them yellow and blue tears to me because I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I don't give a fuck about the Russia, like Russia and Ukraine. It sucks. War sucks. But like, I don't give a fuck about Russia and Ukraine because there's people that are doing a lot worse than them. And I'm like a a rising tide raises all ships type of person. Mm -hmm. So like, there's much more to be done than that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And it's just wild to me, like, you were talking about the rising tide, like, motherfuckers really be, like, upset that the minimum wage is going up places, and I just don't, I don't understand it. I'm like, well, you know, I, I, we've never talked about this, but, like, I don't, I don't really understand it, like, I I don't, I don't get that. Like, there, I'm sure you, there's going to be some type of weird economic blowback that I might be ignorant to, but for the most part, like, I don't, I don't think that minimum wage should be under a fucking livable wage in the area right like when i first moved down here when i first moved back and i got my first job down here minimum wage was this was in 2002 mm-hmm. Min- or it might have been 03 might have been 03 minimum wage was five dollars and 25 cents <coughs> i think it was 03 because i was already out of the army yeah so it was Oh three minimum wage was five dollars and twenty five cent. Mm-hmm. I lived in the hood, in the mm-hmm. fucking hood, like mm-hmm. the hood. And the apartments behind me, you could get a studio apartment for eight hundred and sixty eight dollars a month. Yeah. How the fuck are you gonna afford that making five twenty five? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I just don't, I, I don't get it, man. A lot of the shit is like, it's always just a lot of people who are ignorant to, to shit or like. And I'm not saying that I know everything, but some of the shit is just kind of basic math and basic principles, like. I, it, it always strikes me as funny. I feel like a lot of people think that, and while there are some people out there like that, but do you think most of these people are out here risking going to jail and being separated from their families or getting fucking killed because they think it's fun? No, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. There, right. There's a, there's, a, there's definitely a section of those people out there. I know some yeah. of these guys, right? Yeah, but yeah, for we the grew up with some of the, we grew up we with grew some up. of these motherfuckers. We did, but for the overwhelming majority of these guys, like uh, these guys don't want to have to do this shit. Yeah. But that's just what they have to do. So it's like, you know, if you if you bump minimum wage up a little bit, maybe motherfuckers won't be out there doing this crazy shit so yeah. much. But that's another conversation, I guess. Yeah, that's another that's another fireside chat. But like going back to what you were saying about the minimum wage and like we can go more into detail if we end up doing this fireside chat thing again. But like I've been thinking about that because um, like we're already me and my girl are already planning our vacation for next summer. You know what I'm saying? And like when I go on that vacation, I'm going to end up going with a family member of hers. And like this family member is just a staunch right side, like right wing person. It doesn't matter what the issue is. He's right side. He's right wing. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. I don't trust or value anything that any person who is staunch right or staunch left has to say. You've committed yourself to a side. So you've taken independent thinking out of it. So, like, if you think so in the instance of like minimum wages, right, if you're a staunch right wing person, you think minimum wages are bad. 
like, I don't necessarily think minimum wages are bad, but at the same time, like, if we're giving people $15 an hour, but $15 an hour doesn't allow you to, like, pay your rent and keep the fucking lights on and keep food in your, like, that's not the answer. The answer is everywhere else that we're spending our money that makes our dollar weak. Yeah. Which goes back to like what I was saying. Like our dollars are weak because of what we're investing our fucking money in. So like it's not really a minimum wage issue. It's 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 a global spending issue. It's like we're spending our money on all this shit and that's what makes our money weak. Whereas if we reinforce our own infrastructure and make our country worth more then our dollars stretch longer and then you could pay people I'm not saying people I'm not saying pay them less but like you pay, pay you pay people $15 an hour and that $15 an hour can fucking sustain somebody mm-hmm. as opposed to like I took a pay cut to come work at the company I work at now I I've, I've moved far beyond that pay cut but I'm like I ain't rich by any stretch of the imagination but like if somebody like if if one day, I don't know, Safeway or Fred Myers or the Piggly Wiggly started paying fifteen dollars an hour, I'm gonna be like, Why shouldn't I quit and go over to the Piggly Wiggly? I make more than fifteen, but like y'all not gonna pay me more? Like they just got an instant pay more. You ain't gonna pay me more? Yeah. And I think and I don't wanna stay on this too long, but I think that goes back to like a, a theory that I have of everything. It's like when when these people in charge of these big corporations and these companies and these people that have not even the 1%, right? We can even do the top 15%. How much money do you need? And the answer for them is all of it. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't think, you know, you. I don't, I'm not mad. Listen, if you, whatever you did to get to the spot that you're at, that you have a yacht and you can go on vacation seven months out of the 12 months out of the year and mm-hmm. go spend whatever mm-hmm. you want. I'm not even mad at you for doing that. But in, in turn of you doing that, do you still need to have a, a, a still with all of that extra spending and living so lavishly, do you still need to be banking in another $4 million on top of that? That it's just yeah. excess money. Yeah. You really need all, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're not, that's not enough. You still need more. You still need to take from people to get more. That's a little wild to me, but you know, that's another thing. But let's uh let's drop this. Let me hit you with this one fact and then let's move on to the next thing. So you mentioned the one percent, right? Like you mentioned mm-hmm. the one percent, then like may, let's not call it the one percent, let's do maybe the fifteen percent. Like in America we have the one percent. Everybody's mad at oh the one percent are running everything, right? Did you know did you know, Curtis, that if you make more than $34,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of the entire planet? No idea. Put that shit in perspective. That is wild. If you make $34,000 a year, which is scraping it here in America, you're scraping it. Like I mentioned on our last episode, it cost me $160 a tank. I got to fill my shit up twice a month. That's a lot of fucking money, bro. That's a big chunk of of $34,000 a year just on gas. But like if yeah. you make $34,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of the planet. That is wild. Super wild, bro. Super wild. It's all about perspective, right? All like about to perspective, me pers- man. perspective seems to be the the buzzword of this episode. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, um, one of the, the probably the last thing I wanted to talk to you about, and you can mm-hmm. talk as freely or as as little as much as you want about this, but it's been well documented if you were a listener that Marcus has recently been going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of wanted I've been there with you this whole time. Yeah. But like how how are how are you feeling? Like, you know, as much as you want to talk about it, like the things that you might have went through or like how you're feeling now and, and, and if how you got past some of those hurdles, how you feeling, man? So the biggest thing for me is um and I kind of touched on this before about like not not really concerning myself with with what other people say or think about me has to do a lot has to do a lot about that. I've done a lot of self-reflecting and make sure that I'm good in life. Like I'm at a place where I want to be because I committed, I personally feel. And it's, it's interesting that like it's being a human on this planet is so strange that I can feel what I'm about to say. Whereas the person that I was previously in a relationship can feel the exact same thing, but opposite of me. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, I, I'm in a place where I'm, I'm able to reflect that I committed 17 years of my life to trying my best to be a very specific type of person and never feeling like I was good enough, never feeling like I quite hit that bar. So like after 17 years of being together and nine years of being married and two kids and a big ass house and two cars that start with the number two. You know what I'm saying? And you're, you're a model. Like, to me, this is... We're on easy street. We just need to... At this point, all the bricks are laid all down the yellow brick road. We just got to walk down them and figure out how to be each other's friend. Mm-hmm. But we can never be each other's friend because I've built my entire life on trying to be what you want me to be. Mm-hmm. And every time that I try and be myself, it's 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 not wanted. It's not welcome. So, like, I've spent a lot of time in this last, fuck, man, almost a year just, like, coming to terms with being authentic. And, like, for for my, like, my, the relationship that I'm currently in, those are the buzzwords. Those are, like, when I know that, let's say that, like, the answer to a question, my girl asked me a question, and the, the answer is going to be maybe something that doesn't make me sound like the best person on the planet. Or, or... Maybe it's an answer that doesn't make me sound that favorable or an answer that doesn't make me sound great. I've learned through that experience that it's more important to be honest and open and transparent and be accepted for the person that you are than it is to be the perfect person. Well, let me let me jump in here because that's great. But let me ask you a question. And I don't mean to cut you off. I just was thinking about this while you were talking. You spent all of this time with this other person and you were mm-hmm. trying to be somebody that you weren't. Do you think that that might, I don't know how to really verbalize this to make it sound plausible, <laughs> comprehensible. <laughs> uh, the uh, Did it make you kind of like be too much of yourself? Like maybe like take the filter off when you were interacting outside of that relationship? Does that do you understand what I'm saying? Does that make I sense? I do. I do. I do understand what you're saying, and I would say 
My immediate answer would be no, because, and I, and I would use, I would use my professional life as the basis to say no, because you and I would have like during the course of this 17 year relationship, you and I would have conversations, but like, we don't talk, we don't talk for 10 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Right. And I would like, even if I just go back through the last four years, the job that I work, I work 10 hours a day, minimum. Most of the time I work more, but through those four years, my supervisors think I'm like, you know, this great guy, super easygoing, mad personable, easy to relate to. You could always talk to him. He's always going to be understanding and patient and be willing to hear your side and be eager to help. My teammates would say the same thing. My customers would say the same thing. When I go to the grocery store, if somebody's having an issue, I'm always looking to help somebody. My brother, my family members, probably most of the time my best friend, my kids would say the same thing. The only person in my life who doesn't see that side of me is my significant other. Mm-hmm. And it's either because, and I... I'm, I have, I don't like, I'm, I've destroyed my pride enough to where I can say it's either, or it, it doesn't have to be one thing. It's either, or it's either, I was too afraid to be that honest person around them. So that's the reason why they didn't see that side of me or that person didn't inspire me or allow me to be that honest person around them. Mm Mm-hmm. But I, the way I feel about it is like, I was just so pressured to try and meet these standards to try and provide the person that that person, that, that my significant other wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. So like, that's, that's the only, like, it's weird that like in that personal relationship, it's the only time I didn't feel authentic. And you know, like I've had, I've had customers ask now, like how you guys spent 17 years together. How did you guys fall apart? And I was like, honestly, it doesn't surprise me. Like I'm, I have the perspective and, and the hindsight now to see that, like, it doesn't surprise me that that relationship fell apart. It was built on bullshit. The foundation was never there. Like we dated on and off. Like we did makeups and breakups for three years. And then she got pregnant. And like at that point, when she got pregnant, when she told me she was pregnant in December of 2006, I just thought about like how I grew up with no dad in the picture. And like for me, it became like I'm going to do whatever it takes to always be there for my kid. So like we met in like February of 2004. We moved in together January of 2007. But for those, for those two years and 11 months, it was like, we're together for three months, we break up. And then a month later, we're together for three months and we break up. And I never had any interest in us living together. I had never, I'd never had an interest in like, in getting engaged or being married or any of that, any of that stuff with her. And then she got pregnant. And and then it just became like, I need to learn how to keep her in my life. Yeah. But it, that at no point did it ever feel like at no point. And it's weird because like when this all started popping off, 
like, you know, we go back a year ago and we go back to the conversations that you and I were having when I'm in tears every day and I'm on the phone fucking sobbing to you. And I'm just like, I'm just like, no, I don't want to lose her. And I just feel like I could have done more and blah, 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 blah. And like, you're a person who knew me before her. Mm-hmm. And you're like you as a as a uninvested like ultimate like you're there for me but like as far as the relationship goes you don't have a stake one way or the other you're gonna be there for me if we keep it together you're gonna be there for me if i have to be on my own Mm -hmm. so in that sense you're uninvested but like and you've been there before this relationship but you you would ask me honestly like is that really what it is is she really this person does she really deserve the credit that you're giving her that sort of shit. And it's like when when I have my man of all men asking me to like asking me those questions, then I know that I like if there's one person on this planet I can't bullshit, it's Curtis. And he says, Does she really deserve that credit? I'm like, No, no, she doesn't. What an asshole. <laughs> but no, nah, man, it's like I'm I'm good, man, because like I'm really good, like, especially after you know uh our our anniversary our 10th anniversary would have been the 25th of this month mm-hmm. that wouldn't have been our 10th wedding anniversary but like when i when i look at the fact that like we didn't make it 10 years it doesn't surprise me we shouldn't have made it one year yeah we shouldn't have married we shouldn't have got we shouldn't have got married we shouldn't have we shouldn't have moved in together but like I don't regret any of those things. And I appreciate the time that I had with her and the lessons that I learned in that relationship. And more than anything, I appreciate the opportunity to be a father to those kids. You know what I'm saying? So like ultimately, ultimately I have an appreciation for her. Um, I, I, I think that there are better people out there in this world, but like, who, who the fuck am I to judge? What does my opinion matter when it comes to that? That's yeah. all That's all personal bullshit and it doesn't fucking matter. But like in the end, I appreciate the lessons that I got to learn and I appreciate the opportunity to be a father. And yeah. she she provided me with that opportunity. And I'm I will be like all the bullshit aside, I will be forever thankful to her for that. Yeah, that's big, man. That is like, that is night and day from the conversations that we used to have like when, a, like a year ago yeah, <laughs> this is, it's night and day and it's like and i'm really proud of you for that man like because i i don't i think a lot of people don't get to this space that quickly yeah but i think that i think that goes to show two things right it's like i think the first thing is that is is you're resolving you as a person and what mm-hmm. you have inside of you to be able to to get here so quickly and i think the other part is that you're right, right? Because it's like, there's not a lot of, if there was stuff there for you to question and doubt and think about, it might take a little longer. Mm-hmm. But with you being correct in that situation, it's easier for you to digest it and to own your your mistakes in that too, right? Right, right, right. So it's like, no, nah, I'm like, I'm I'm super proud of you, man. And it's like night and day. And I wanted to ask you this, and it's not, and this isn't to be an asshole, I promise, as much as I can be, right? Like, <laughs> but when when we first, like, when this was really setting and that this was really about to happen. Yeah. And and you were really afraid, right? Like, we can be honest here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you were really afraid of this. And I told you, this was 
some advice that I got from somebody. And I kind of thought it was bullshit till I went through it. But it was like, you're standing here on this side and you're looking into this fucking storm. Mm-hmm. And it's like the worst storm ever, right? Houses are getting destroyed. There's lightning. Cows are getting thrown in the air. Yeah. Shit is fucked up, right? Yeah. But on the other side, it's just everything that you want. Everything yeah. is there, right? Yeah. Like every fucking thing is there. You just got to get through the storm. Once you get over here, you're good. Mm-hmm. But you got to get through the storm. Do you feel like that advice held true? I do. And it's it's so weird because like you said it to me. I had a, a supervisor who was massively supportive. Like this supervisor that I used to have was like above and beyond what I ever expected uh, from yeah. any supervisor, from any job that I've ever worked, including the military. Yeah, shouts to him for including real. Including the military. Like, And I recently had a conversation with him and he was like, Look, man, like, I, being your boss is one thing, but at the end of the day, we're just fucking people. Yeah. And, like, aside from being people, we're men. And we got to be yeah. there for each other. Like, we, there's nothing in the fucking rule book of being a human that says that we have to be at each other because we're both men and, like, our ancestors fought for the same resources. Like, that's not the world we live in. Like, at the end of the day, we're men. I understand your struggle because 14 years ago, I was there. So, like, as far as I'm concerned, he went above and beyond any supervisor I've ever had in my entire life. But you used to tell me the same thing that he used to tell me. is like, when you're on the other side of it, you're going to wonder why you didn't do it sooner. Mm-hmm. You're going to wonder why you didn't, didn't do it sooner. Because, like, and that's an interesting thing. Interesting thing is, um, so, I've been in therapy. November will be five years that I've been seeing my counselor. Right. Congratulations on that, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's one of the most important things I've ever done. Um, my first session that I ever went to with my therapist, he said, so when are you going to leave your wife? Mm. My first session five years ago. That's when, are you gonna, when are you going to leave your wife? And I sat there and I told, I don't want to leave her. I want to be with her. I want to make it work. I want to fix this. I want to do that. I want to be here and blah, 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 blah. Right. And so like, he didn't argue with me because that's where my mind was. And that's what I felt at the time. But he just kind of, you know, showed me what I needed to be shown at incremental levels. Mm -hmm. And so here we are five years later and that's over. Like I was the one, like you were there. I gave you the conversation that I had with my, with my ex. And like, this is what I asked. And I begged and I'm like on my fucking knees, tears running out of my eyes. Like, please let's talk. Let's make this work. And I gave you the parameters on which I was going to be able to make that marriage stay a marriage. And I, I told you that I had a three-hour conversation with my mom and, like, we cried to each other. And I made the decision that, like, I just need to be done. I need to walk yeah. away from this relationship. And so here I am on the other side. Five years ago, my therapist said, so when are you going to leave your wife? And <laughs> I've never been a happier person. Like, on a yeah. day-to-day, I'm just a happy person. And yeah, I think yeah. that... It's not because I'm putting myself first. It's that I'm able to be myself and I feel safe being myself. Yeah. Whereas for the last 17 years, I never felt safe being me. Yeah. 
And that's so. big, man. That that's yeah. really big. Like, it, I know we've talked a lot. We covered a lot of shit. Mostly serious. We got a little funny in there for a little bit, but mm-hmm. if it's one thing that I would want to, I want to leave everybody with on this is like, I can only that look for a relationship that has value to your life. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking in a monetary way. You can find people with money that'll still treat you like shit or use the money to try to enslave you and all of this other bullshit. Find somebody who actually really cares about your well being and mm-hmm. and what it's and understands what it's like to be a person. Uh, regardless of gender I can give this is advice that I give to all of my female friends and I I used to equate it to to to, to black men because I'm a black man but I'm also a man and so mm-hmm. this goes for everybody as a man when we walk out of our door we have so much on our plate we we were looked at as a certain way in society right like I can really speak to being a black man it's like I, I'm looked at as a threat to people mm-hmm I'm allowed to be killed by the police. Mm-hmm. Um, people think that I'm going to do heinous things to them, which I'm as square as they come, and I'm the sweetest guy that you'll probably ever come across, right? But it's like, because of my skin color, I'm perceived a certain way. And there's white men that are poor that are perceived a certain way, or white men with tattoos that are perceived a certain way, or people just in their own communities for whatever reason that are looked upon in a certain way. And we have to go through that and we still have to go to work and perform and do all of these things and avoid conflicts and learn how to deal with things in a in a respectable way. When we come home, we don't need bullshit mm-hmm. in our home. We need somebody who is there for you and they can't be so caught up on themselves where you're allowed to have a bad day and you're allowed to be upset. And just as much shit as I know that a man has or a black man has, more specifically, I know on the flip side, women have to fight the same shit. They got men hollering at them yep. that look like fucking Quasimodo and they don't <laughs> have a chance. Even though they even though they see that they have a wedding ring on, they don't have equal pay. They are looked at a certain way and they're not allowed to wear certain outfits. All of this bullshit... So when your lady comes home, man, it's the same thing. Like, try to just provide some peace to your significant other. Look, nothing's perfect. You ain't always going to get it right. And y'all going to fight. That's what's going to happen. But if you know that somebody's having a bad day or they're just kind of going through something, just try to be there, man. And just don't be an asshole. Yeah. It's not that hard. You it's know? not. It's show, not. Show some empathy and care about somebody. And I promise y'all, like, the the, the results that you'll see in your life when when you're able to make your partner happy by still being authentic but just by being a decent partner to them you don't have mm-hmm. to jump through a bunch of hoops just be a decent person to them yeah they will appreciate it so much and if they don't appreciate it then that's the wrong person get the fuck out of there get the fuck out of there it was <laughs> I, I it was put perfectly to me just a couple of days ago you want to be with a person that a good person wants to be with. Mm-hmm. Right? I like that. You want to be a person that a good person wants to be with. Yeah. Like, that security shit, like, like you mentioned, like, it. okay, cool, but that's just monetary bullshit. You think a person who has a security, like a, a, a security type of grip on you doesn't know that they're providing that for you? 
Mm-hmm. You think that they're not going to hold that over their head when that benefits them? The only time they're not going to do that is when the the grasp that you guys that you guys have on each other is much deeper than that. Yeah. Like you know this So when I when that when this originally happened to me, it almost brought me to tears. Just like I was alone, but it almost brought me to tears. It was like the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me in my entire life, right? The girl that I'm with now told me that she respects my mind in the way that I think, in the way that I look at things, right? And it was like, it meant the, that thing, that meant the most to me ever. Then like, it meant the most to me more than anything, any compliment any person has ever given to me. Because it's like, I'm at a place in life where like, it's, it's, it's imperative that I just express myself in an honest manner. Mm-hmm. And when I'm expressing myself in an honest manner, whether I'm talking to Curtis or whether I'm talking to my kids or whether I'm talking to my family members or my customers or anything, I always just want to be honest. I just want to be real. Mm-hmm. And when I'm being real to this person and they say that that's what they respect about me, like I... I don't need somebody else's validation about my looks or my physical appearance or how I present myself, you know, in any manner other than that. Like, I can look in the fucking mirror and be like, I'm not Robert Pattinson, but I'm not fucking Bismarcky either. I'm handsome. I'm <laughs> I'm somebody's fucking type, period. Right, right. But like, to know that to know that my mind and the way that I think and all of the work that I put in to, tr- to process information the way that I do and then put it back out to, to other people to know that that's respected, like that meant the world to me. And like, I remember calling you and telling you like, yo, we, you know, we met, we talked, we, we had this conversation and dog, she said she respects my mind. And like, I remember you being in awe on like in all that like in all that she said that because you knew how much that meant to me yeah yeah so it's like dig for the vein shit or dig past the vein shit man like get past the money get past the looks like look those things are important they're important they all have like their percentile value but like you really are trapped unless you're able to be yourself whether it's a whether it's a romantic relationship or a familiar relationship or or a friendship like you need to be able to be yourself and be accepted and if you're not like don't waste your time and energy on that cuz you're going to end up empty mm, that's a fact you know what's crazy is a full circle right that's that's what you said in the text that you sent me to make me want to talk to you you were like yeah I respect your mind. I've always respected your mind. And if you think that we shouldn't be talking, then there's probably a good reason for it. Mm-hmm. But I would like to talk about it yeah. when you're ready. And I was like, holy shit. Okay. All right. Maybe I need to. Yeah. Th- that was a big step to take. Let me take a step to and not be an asshole. Because that was so. a, like, I've always looked at Kurt. I said it the other day, man. Like when we did the, when I was editing the Batman podcast, Mm-hmm. Like, I had a line. I said something about, like, Alfred and looking like a white girlfriend's grandpa. And, like, you immediately <laughs> just started cracking up laughing. Like, no hesitation. 
And I texted you. I was like, dog, the intensity of your laugh and the immediacy of your laugh told me that I had something. And like, I've always looked at you as the funny one. And I've always looked at you as the smart one. I've always looked at you as the one that's like more intelligent. I'm just the muscle. I'm the muscle of this operation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the do dirt nigga. Like I'm the goon. Well, I mean, I did graduate cum laude with a degree in information systems management. You know what I'm saying? So that's we might not be wrong there. You know, that's my man's in it. (laughs) (laughs) But nah, man. Um, But nah, I think um, nah. I think this has been a cool episode. I I enjoyed the conversation. I hope you guys enjoy. I did have another question. Yeah. You were saying, you know, look past all the vain shit. You know, you can look in the mirror, get your own validation. And you're somebody's type and all of that. Do you need validation on your dick, though? I don't think there's ever enough. Ever, right? Yeah. I don't I don't think you can get validated. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Like, nah. your girl could line you up in a room full of motherfuckers that got bigger dicks than you and be like, mm, and she could come through with a tricky, like, magician's tape measure that makes yours, the numbers are different when it gets to you. Like, it just is like a hologram. And so, like, this dude's got a 10-inch dick. This dude's got a 10-inch dick. This dude's got a 10-inch dick. And then they get to you and, like, the hologram comes on and you got a 13-inch dick. Even if all y'all got 10-inch dicks, you're still going to question it. You're still going to be like, I don't know. Maybe she didn't measure it right. Did you go bottom to top or did you go top to bottom? Did you go from the side or did you like, hold on. Let me like, let me slap it a little bit like a dope fiend and put a little bit more blood in it. Because like, that's not how my blood normally works. Like maybe I could have got a little bit more blood in there. Like you're never, there's never enough validation. Bro. And let me tell y'all ladies this last piece of advice. Cause I've been seeing this shit all over Instagram. These bitches be posting these videos and they be like, they be like, do I want like a big ass dick? No, it's too much for me. Do I want like an almost big ass dick? Like, no, it kind of hurts. I just like the, you know, the literal ones. And it's like, don't, don't, niggas don't want that bullshit, that, man. Cut that shit out, <laughs> Even, bro. No, it could, listen, it could be true, but don't phrase it like niggas got a little dick out here, dog. Don't nobody want to know that about this. They don't want to be like, you 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 like my dick because it's small and it doesn't hurt you. Don't I just want honesty. Us, man. I just want honesty. I want but I pure, know. brutal honesty. Look, I could you could you could put me in front of a woman and say, Oh, I like him. He's attractive. He has many attractive traits about him. I think he's I think he's I think he's attractive. I like him. But then you put Jason Samosa. Or whatever the fuck that nigga's name is right next to me. Cal Drogo, right? You put that nigga next to me? Don't say, no, I like you better, babe. Get the fuck out of here with that. Because I'm going to discredit everything you just said. Be honest. Just be honest. Yeah. Just be honest, man. Let's be honest. Yeah. Let's be honest. (laughs) All right, man. That's all I got. You got anything else? Nah, man. I love it. I love this. I'm glad that we did it. I think... uh, I think this might be like all the other, you know, the movie podcasts are fun. We're going to do those. We're going to do those. I think we definitely need to do more of these. Um, I think this might be the most meaningful thing we've ever done. Might. Yeah. 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 And I love it. And I, I, I hope we do more. 
Yeah, I liked it, man. I liked it. That doesn't mean that you guys liked it. So if you don't like it, or if you do like it... Yeah, if you hate this shit, just be like, yo, nigga, don't nobody give a fuck about your sappy ass. Dude, what's the next movie, bitch? I thought you said you're doing Inception. (laughs) Yeah, Inception's gonna come, but we had a delay because it was fucking two weeks to edit this bullshit podcast. And then I'm going on vacation, too. Like, when this comes out, I'll be on the middle of my vacation. Yeah, so you'll be on vacation. Um, I won't be. I'll be working, but that's cool. Yeah, one of us. Slave. As long as one of us gets to it. Slave, journey. get back to it, <laughs> Django. Nah, <laughs> but nah, nah. But like um, on the flip side of that, if you like this, be like, hey, maybe y'all niggas don't do some of these fucking movies, and you guys just do this shit. But let us know what you guys think, man. Yeah, we always want your feedback. We always like the feedback, so you can do it at You Watching Podcast on Instagram or our Facebook fan page. Hit us up individually and let us know. Hit us up on the, either one of those outlets. Um, mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, we really, really would like the feedback, though, because we know this is a big departure from what we normally do. So whatever you guys think, um, please let us know. I'm very, I'm very interested to know what our five listeners would think about this episode and if they would like more of this type of content from mm-hmm. us. Um, and, and if we do continue to do them, I, the next one probably won't be so long. We'll probably shorten it up a little bit. But. Yeah, I I joked with Curtis. I was like, yo, man, if this shit catches on, I'll be like, yo, this is the movie. Because, like, we're going to keep the title, you watching or not. But we'll be like, yo, we watched X, Y, and Z. I hated it. Kurt liked it. Moving on. Let's get to the real <laughs> shit. <laughs> So yeah, guys. Like, if, and if there's, and if you do like it, um, and if there's any anything that you would like us discuss, us to discuss, or you would mm. like to get our opinions on, mm. um, feel free to throw that in there too. Because we're taking those requests. We're not taking movie requests, but we're taking topic requests. Yeah, we will so. take topic <laughs> topics and questions. So drop those yeah. in the comments. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I don't think anything would really be off limits. I'm down to talk about a lot. Mark is willing to talk about anything. I'll talk. I'll look, talk about I just talked. Nigga, I just talked about if I had a pussy. If you don't think I will talk about whatever you want to talk about, you got the wrong fucking podcast, dog. Send me whatever you got, bro. Yeah, so then, um, and also make sure that y'all recognize that this is a top 1,000 podcast. I don't give a fuck about our listens or our views or our likes. You know what it is out here. Y'all can't hear it, but I'm throwing gang signs up at Curtis on that 1,000 podcast. Gang, gang. Podcast, (laughs) gang, gang. Uh... Shout out to Chris for always spreading the word. Shout out to my man, Finn, for always listening. Shout out to everybody, man. Our five listeners. Shout out, to my, shout out to my son for always pressing us to get a podcast up. Yo, yeah. And shout out to my man, man. My little nephew, Dane. My man be rapping. He be fake being a model. Like, he be doing all types of shit. I love that little guy, man. I'm not giving a model, dog, because all of his pictures be blurry, bro. Nah, because they can't, nothing can capture the sexiness. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> the sexiness be moving too much. You're moving the movement, man. No doubt. So shouts no out, so shout out to the to the young king, man. Shout outs to him. Um, and, and thank y'all again for listening. I know I know that we uh, this is kind of a sappy episode, but for real, we really appreciate you guys tuning in. I appreciate all the listens and the love and support. Uh, we both do. And we're... I'm super appreciative that we get to be our authentic selves and as silly and goofy or as deep as we might get. Yeah. You guys are always here to support us and I appreciate that, man. So thank and that's you. All, that's all you're ever going to get. <laughs> this is a fact. <laughs> so, all right, man. Hate it or love it, the underdogs on me.
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, this has been an, another episode of You Watching or Not. I'm Kurt. I'm Marcus. And we will catch y'all next time. Peace.